Amazing. You are a great church and so thankful for the difference that you're making in this community. And uh, man, the work has only just begun. So thank you all so very much. Um, and further news, uh, it's Offering Sunday. Y'all excited? All right. Good. Very good. <clears throat> Awesome. Hey, join me and I want to bring a message to you. Very quick message entitled a greater house. Go ahead and join me in first Chronicles chapter 28. If I can find it. And um, yeah, and then we'll get started here. First Chronicles 28. And it says this here. It says that David summoned all the officials of Israel to Jerusalem the leaders of the tribes, um, the commanders of the army divisions and other generals and captains, the overseers of the royal property and livestock, the palace officials, the mighty men. Those are some bad boys, the mighty men. And all the other brave warriors in the kingdom. David rose to his feet and said, my brothers and my people, it was my desire to build a temple. It was my desire to build a temple where the ark, of God, the ark of the Lord's covenant, God's footstool, could rest permanently. Yeah. I made the necessary preparations for building it. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, today's called the greater house as we prepare our hearts here in a few moments to bring an above and beyond offering. This is a tradition at Highlight Church that we've done now for three years. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited. I'm excited because I've seen the result of past years. And um, so and now we're, we're finishing a decade. What better way to start a new decade than to really say, God, I, I've never gone this far. I've, I've never given this much, but here I go. And so um, the Ark of the Covenant, just uh, to give you some context about this, this Ark that David wants to build a permanent temple for, um, so the covenant, a covenant is, was the uh, conditional agreement that was based on principle. So God made an agreement with his children, the children of Israel, um, that was based on if you trust and obey, then there will be blessing and prosperity. If you trust me and if you obey, I'm going to bless your life. But if you distrust and you disobey, there will be despair and lack. So this was a conditional covenant. Um, I thank God for this new covenant that we're under in Christ. Um, it is a covenant of grace, but just for context sakes. Um, so this ark was a box. It was made of acacia wood. Acacia wood was the most expensive wood during David's time. And uh, it was overlaid in gold. God gave, uh, God gave Moses about 400 years prior to David the instructions as to how this box needed to look. And even over the box, there were two angels that had their, their, their wings extended towards each other. So there was one angel this way, he was gold, it was gold. <laughs> and there was another angel this way, it was gold. And this box was about four feet long, uh, width and height, uh, two feet each. And um, it represented the presence of God with his people. So when Israel left Egypt, God said, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And as long as you trust me, I'm going to bless you. And uh, he said, but I want you to create this thing because that's where my presence is going to rest 
amongst you. It was really a foreshadowing of Jesus and the church. Jesus said, wherever two or three gather in my name, there I am in the midst. And so we'll do a series in the future called Types and Shadows. We're going to show you everywhere in the New Testament where Jesus, I mean, in the Old Testament, sorry, where Jesus revealed himself. And so for 400 years, the ark has been mobile. So wherever Israel went, they had to tear down church and set it up and, and set up the ark and tear down church and set it up. And there, there's the ark and tear down church and set it up. And that's where we worship God. David said, it's in my heart to build him a temple. It's time to stabilize where we meet. And so um, David wanted a place where the people could worship the Lord, if you're taking notes, and receive what they needed from God. He wanted to build a place where they could worship God and receive what they needed from the Lord. And so now within the ark, within the box, there were four things. Number one, the Ten Commandments. These were the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. You can find that in Exodus. Number two, it was Aaron's rod. Aaron's rod. This thing was, well, it wasn't powerful, but what God did with the rod was powerful. It was Aaron's rod. Number three, it was um, a jar of manna. <laughs> a jar of manna. Because when the children of Israel were journeying through the wilderness, God would drop manna from, from heaven. And he would drop just enough every single day. On Friday, he would drop twice as much because Saturday was the Sabbath. Um, so he would drop enough for Friday and Saturday. Then he would drop more manna on Sunday. And this was just enough for them to eat. The interesting thing about the manna was, was that it, it fell as seed, coriander seed. So it didn't just come as, as a baked cake from heaven. You know, could you imagine manna just, oh, my God. And, that, and that's what it was. When they first saw manna, they said, what is it? That's what manna means, like, what is this? A lot of us, we feel like we're in a season of, like, what is this? Like, it's just enough season. And even then, though, it dropped a seed. So they had to take the just enough. They had to work it, make it, bake it, and then eat it. Sometimes you got to work your just enough before you get into overflow. And so um, you just got to just be mindful of that. So there was a jar of manna to remind them of his provision. And then on the top of the box, there was the mercy seat. That's where the presence of God would sit whenever he would manifest, the mercy seat. That's where he would teach Moses, and Moses would teach the people. And, and, David would, and Moses received the law, and David would teach from the law. It was the mercy seat, the presence of God. And so David wanted to build a house for four reasons. Go ahead and write these notes down. The Old Testament children of Israel represent the New Testament church, us. And David wanted to build a greater house for, for number one, this uh, for instruction, for increase. He wanted to build a place where people could worship God and receive instruction for increase. Psalm 119, verse 34 through 35 says this. It says, give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. That is where my increase is found. The word is where your peace is found. The word is where your purpose is found. The word is where clarity is found. The word is where your future is found. He says, he says this again in, in Psalm 119, verse 35. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. You want to know where happiness is? It's right here. It's right here. We can celebrate that. It's, it's nowhere else. It's right here. 
everything that God has ever written through the through through the inspiration, God would breathe on man, and as man was inspired, they they wrote, they wrote, and 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 the Bible says that uh, uh, the Bible is written for our learning, for our advancement. It even says Paul told Timothy to teach, to rebuke, to correct, to encourage, in season, out of season. Whether there are three people in here, three hundred, to teach teach because God wants to bless people and he wants to increase people. So David wanted to build a place where people could come and receive instruction. This is a key. Maybe you've never read scripture before. Maybe you, you don't read it a lot. Maybe some of you do, but this is something I found out a couple years ago is you can, you can close your Bible and open it to any page and you're going to find one or two things. You're going to find an instruction for increase or you're going to find a promise for your life. You can flip anywhere, and you, that's what you're going to find. You, you may flip to something, and it, it may say abstain from, from some form of immorality. Yeah. And you say, well, that's not a promise. Well, it's an instruction. Yeah. And you, or you may flip, and you may say, well, all your sins have been forgiven. Heaven is your home. Uh, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. These are promises. These are promises. You may flip, and you may find where Jesus said, when I ascend into heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live in your heart. When you believe in me, that's a promise. You can flip any, you can go in Leviticus, Lord Jesus, Leviticus, and find some promises, even in Leviticus. All right, so David also wanted to build a place where people could worship God. And number two, find strength for more. Find strength for more. Aaron's rod represented authority, power, strength. And uh, I've been walking with Jesus for almost 14 years. Now, I remember in college, these were foundational years. Came to Christ when I was 19 years old. And um, no matter what was going on in my life, no matter what was going on, college kids struggling, I hear about things back home, what's going on, the house and this person and this relationship. And I look at my bank account, broke college kid and, 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 and all that. No matter what was going on, we had Tuesday night and Sunday morning worship. And I just, those are my two favorite days of the week. I just felt as long as I could get to church, everything would be all right. Because I knew my pastor was going to feed me. I knew there was going to be worship and that was going to bring peace and joy into my soul. I knew that there was going to be community. And so anytime I would leave Tuesday nights or Sunday mornings, I felt as though I could conquer the world because we had been in the presence of God together. Ephesians 3.20 says this, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. See, when you come to church, you ought to leave encouraged. The word encouraged means that courage was placed on the inside of you. You ought to be able to receive inspiration. You ought to be able to receive faith and and, and strength. And and you ought to be able to see uh, bigger. You ought to be able to dream bigger, have a greater faith level in God. I hope, and it is my goal, that when you leave, especially every Sunday in 2020, that when you leave church, you're going to feel as though you can conquer the world. And so David wanted to build, build a place. Build a place where people came and they worship, they give their offering, they worship God, and they go back to their cities and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to take, take ground. We're going to advance as a family. We're going to advance as a people. He wanted to build a place. And as you remain rooted in the house of God, God is going to give you strength. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to heal your family. 
is going to, to, to break bondages in your life. He's going to break generational curses, but you got to stay rooted. You got to stay rooted in the house. David wanted to build a place where provision for every, there was provision for every need. That's what the jar of manna represented. Provision for every need. Philippians 419, the living Bible says this. It is he talking about God who will supply all of your needs. According to, um, uh, sorry, that's, ooh, that's King James, Jesus Christ, taking me back. <laughs> I don't want King James on y'all. All right, NLT, sorry. And it is he who, you, you, listen, hold on, pause for the calls. Um, I don't have a lot of time, though. So what I'll say is buy you a King James Bible, right? Like, don't be afraid of the thuses and the these and the thous. You need that stuff, though, because it's context. And I get it. I love NLT. I love NIV. I love ESV. They're modern translations into our dialect, but there's so much goodness in the KJV. You just got to find a friend that helps you understand it. But anyway, (laughs) here it is. And it is he who will supply all your needs from his riches in glory, from his riches in heaven. Because of what Jesus has done for us. I never get tired of hearing the praise reports that come in of, of the healings and, and the provision. And how we have a, as a church, we've prayed for people. And this miracle happened. This door was open. This person has grown in their faith. This, this family member came to Christ. Um, when you come to church, every need is met. I've come to find out if there are certain needs that have, haven't been met in my marriage, I can come to church. And that peace will come. If there are certain, certain finances or resources I don't have, I can come to church. And that joy and that perspective and, and that word and that promise will kick in. You can come to church and every need can be met. And so a lot of people say, man, God has an answer to prayer in about four years. My question to you is, when, the, when is the last time you've been to church? When is the last time you've served? When is the last time you've sacrificed? Man, God hasn't done a miracle in a few years. Well, it's almost like he's blessing me in a staggering way. Well, is your attendance in church staggering? Well, chances are you're not in the place for the provision to flow into your life. You need to remain in the place, in the greater house, in the house, in the house. You can go back and read um, the, the Old Testament, Moses and through David. As long as people stay rooted under Moses, as long as they stay rooted in the word, as long as they served, as long as they sacrificed, as long as they were living beyond themselves and for other people, as long as they did that, they never lacked. But it's when you don't have to, as long as they became, when they became selfish is when the provision stopped flowing. When they started focusing on themselves is when it stopped flowing because their worlds became about them. We taught this a few weeks ago. This, the, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. But the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And so when you're in the house, when you're serving, when you're leaned into the word, when you're taking notes, when you're not falling asleep, that provision, I'm telling you, that provision will come. Oh, I want to be like that person. You don't want to be like that person because you didn't sacrifice what that person sacrificed. You wasn't focused like that person. You didn't give like that person. You didn't serve like that person. You didn't study like that person. Well, where's my provision? That person pressed in. That person served. That person leaned in. That person didn't give up. That person stayed strong even when it was hard. God ain't blessing me. Lean in. 
get rooted. So David wanted to build a place where people could come and they could use their gifts to make a difference. They could pray for people. They, they, they could make they, you know, they could change lives. And then as they did that, the provision would come. The reason David was the greatest king of Israel was because he was, he was others and God first. And I'm going to, I'm going to share something here about David in a minute. Oh my God. Every need in David's life was met. It was crazy. David also wanted to greater place. Number four, uh, where people had the freedom to move forward. That's what I love about church work binding you, your family binding you, haters binding you, but you come to church, you get free. Y'all ain't see, I'm not, I'm not talking to a free bunch. I got to stay on course, right, Isaac? All right. It's going to be great. This offering is it's going to be so exciting. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm saving the best for last. Okay. So here it is. David wanted to create a place where people could experience freedom to move forward. Second Corinthians 3. For the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. All right. So uh, on, the, on the ark, on the box, uh, at the top of the ark, um, the priest would come and bring a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. Once a year, it was called the Day of Atonement. And uh, God would receive the blood sacrifice, and he would substitute that sacrifice for the sins of the community. And so the Spirit of God would come and, and, and rest on top of that box, receive that sacrifice, and it was a sign to the people that you are now free. All that shame and all that guilt, all those bad decisions, your past, it is, it is washed away. And it was really a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. Uh, when Jesus came and his blood was shed on the cross, he did it once. Back, back in Moses and David's day, they had to do it every year. So, yes, they were free, but they were also reminded that they were still sinners every year because they were saying, well, in another year, we're going to have to do it again. But Jesus, Jesus died once and for all for your past, your present, and your future sins. And so David wanted to create a place where people could come and experience the mercy of God so that they could become free to live the life that God had destined them to live. Okay, and may we always be a church. May we always be the church where people can experience forgiveness and the love of God. Now, First Chronicles 29, 1 through 5 says this, Then King David turned to the entire assembly. So everyone's there, not just the leaders, everyone is there. And he said, my son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king. And Solomon was his baby boy. And so th- this didn't make sense because the oldest should have been the king. But um, God had chosen one of his youngest. He had chosen one of the youngest baby boys. My son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous. For the temple, uh, for the temple he will build is not uh, for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. And now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own personal private uh, treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. So this is David's offering. This is David's offering. I'll tell you the amount here in a minute. But in 1 Chronicles 22, he brought his tithe. This is in addition to the building materials I have already collected for his holy temple. I I am donating 112 tons of gold from Ophir, 262 tons of refined silver to to be used for the overlaying of the walls of the building. 
and for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Three things that David did. David did three things. David gave beyond his time. David gave beyond his time. Many lives have been changed that highlight. But, but, but there, there are future generations of believers. I, I love it because we've been here three years. And I remember when Highlight was uh, five rows and seven seats each. Like it was just two little pockets. Two, two, two. Right? Like it was you guys and chop off about four of those rows <laughs> right there. And, you, and uh, no, just right here. And um, for, for many of you, you've been here three years. And what you've done through your offering is you've, you've added seats. You've added salvations. You've added baptisms. You've added healed marriages. You've added changed homes. You, you've added that. And so because he said, I'm, I'm going to leave it to Solomon. He was, he was giving to the next generation of believers. Another thing he was doing, he was setting the example of generosity. He was saying, Solomon, I'm putting God first. And I'm going to raise my children to put God first. To trust God in this area. I'm going to leave a legacy of generosity. Is what he said. So number two. David gave beyond his place. He gave beyond his place. David would die before the building of the temple. He would die. So he wouldn't even see it. God said you can't build it because you are a man of war. There's too much blood on your hands. So David didn't say, oh, God, I can't, I can't see it. I can't build it. Whatever. I'm going to die with my money. Wow. No, no. He said, no, no, that's okay, God. I get it. You're God. I'm, I'm going to give. I'm going to build beyond my place. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a place where people can come and experience God. So he gave beyond his place. He gave beyond his place. Number three, he gave beyond himself. Today we have the opportunity to give beyond ourselves. In 1 Chronicles 22, David gave a tithe of $32.3 million. That was that brother's, 10% of that brother's direct deposit. He tithed $32 million. What? <laughs> so you, you, I don't know, many of you don't know this. Many of you may, I, I don't want to assume that. The Bible says that Solomon was the richest man and the most wisest man to ever live. He was David's son. And what I'm trying to reconcile is something, if you know David's story. David started as a shepherd boy. Smelly and out there with the flies and the sheep and and the wolves and the bears. Just kind of forgotten. Even when Samuel came, uh, you're in this thing. Me and you, we are. Even when Samuel came to anoint him to be king, uh, Jesse calls all of his sons in front of David. And Samuel's like, this man, it got to be you. God's like, no, it ain't him. You're seeing with your eyes. It ain't him. Wow, he's handsome. He has long hair. He, he, he's great. He's a warrior. It's him. God said, no, it ain't him. You still see him with your eyes. I said, well, who is it? And so he asked Jesse. He said, um, do you have any more boys? <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's out there working hard. He's serving. He's unseen. He's in obscurity. He's giving his all. Samuel said, God said, that's him. Samuel said, we will not even sit down until the baby boy arrives. 
So David comes. The Bible says he's handsome and he's ready and he just came from the field. And God said, pour the oil on him and anoint him. So, so then he becomes an intern in the kingdom, in the palace under King Saul. King Saul becomes jealous of him. And he goes from being a shepherd to an intern in the palace to a, a, a cave dweller. Broke as a joke. At one point in the Bible, he is praying. He said, Lord, if I could just have a cup of water. And I don't know what God did, but at that point, it was him and his mighty men, and they were all running. They were all portable. They were all cave dwellers. And like, oh, we got it. We ain't staying here. And so he's like, oh, man, I wish I could have some water from the brook, from the Korea, the brook. And so the Bible says that the mighty man broke through the Philistine, the Philistine garrison and brought him a cup of water. It said, Pastor, we can't let you go hungry. You're our leader. Wherever you go, we go. If God blesses you, we're moving forward. We can't let you starve and go thirsty. We're for you. And so the Bible says that David took that water and he poured it out. He said, these, bro, these brothers sacrificed a life for me. I'm pouring it out as an offering to God. And it was all he had. That was another test for David. At that point, that was all he had was water. And he was in a cave. And so he becomes king of Judah at the age of 33. He becomes king of all of Israel at 37. He dies at 70. By the time he's 70 years old, he is the richest man in the world. All it took God was 33 years. And so the offering that he just gave in 1 Chronicles 29 and 28 was $867.5 million to the building of the house of God. There has to be something here. You got people like John Rockefeller, who's the richest American to ever live. And he starts tithing when he's seven years old with his first paycheck. Building the house of God. Don't hold back today. Don't, don't, don't drag the same distrust and the same giving habits into 2020 and expect God to do something different. There has to be something about building the house of God, prioritizing the church. That's what Jesus is doing in the world today. He's building his church. He's building his church. David gave beyond himself because he understood that his investment was eternal and he wasn't going to take any of it with him anyway. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Isaac, we're not worried about time because it's the 11 o'clock service. We will get out on time. Just a few minutes. I have a video I'd like to show you, and uh, we're going to prepare our hearts to receive our offering after the video. Thank you. Hey, Highlight Church, I just want to take a moment to reflect on all that God has done through your generosity over the past three years. Through Highlight the City, we have set out to love our city in very practical ways. We've done this by giving finances and sending foot soldiers to our local outreach partners on a monthly basis. I am pleased to share with you that in three years as a church, you have given $77,700. $39.13 to local outreach. Through our partnership with Shady Grove Middle School, right now, the place where we're meeting, you have fed and clothed students, appreciated and celebrated teachers and staff, and you've purchased multiple school supplies, including many Google Chromebooks. We will continue to seek opportunities to serve right here where we worship. 
Family Services is the oldest outreach organization in Montgomery County. They serve over 25,000 clients with various needs. Through our partnership with FSI, you have served 772 hours in 25 minutes. Within that time, you have cared for teenage mothers. You've cared for those who are progressing in their journey with mental illness. You have helped teens who are overcoming substance abuse addictions. You have helped fathers grow closer to their children. You continue to paint, furnish, and clean the BAK Center, caring for mothers and their children as they flee domestic violence. In partnership with FSI as well, through Hope for the Holidays, over the past two years, you have adopted 26 families and over 80 children. This Christmas alone, you're going to be adopting 27 families and over 100 children so that they can experience the love of Jesus during the holidays. You have also taken care of your church family through benevolence. You know, I love what it says in Galatians 6 verse 10. Uh, Paul says, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. And with the monies you've given, we have paid rent, we have bought groceries, we fixed cars, we've even sent a lot of our church family through counseling so that they could receive the spiritual and the mental healing that they need. Highlight is a great church and God has done great things through you. And we're well on our way to even greater. Our first three years of generosity have been nothing short of amazing. It's been truly amazing. And now you're probably thinking that I'm just being filmed here in some random building. But hey, it brings me great joy to announce to you that we're standing right now in our future home, the future home of Highlight Church. On February 2nd, 2020, we'll be holding our first ever worship experiences here at Granary Row. Let's take a moment to celebrate that. Yeah! After three years of praying, fasting, believing, giving, and enduring, God is showing his faithfulness in a brand new way. Now I want to tell you a little bit about the space. In the 7,000 square foot space, more people will hear the good news of Jesus, experience the presence of God, and find a community that they can grow with. I can see it now, more salvations, more baptisms, healed marriages, restored homes, and more people will find true life in Jesus. Just a little history here. Granary Row is located in Old Town Gaithersburg, right across from Gaithersburg High School. A few years ago, Gaithersburg High School is where God gave me the vision to start the church here in the city. Granary Row is a city landmark, and uh, at right over 100 years old, it has survived two major fires, and over the years, it has earned the nickname Endurance. Located in the heart of Gaithersburg, we have the opportunity to see God do the impossible right here. I love what the Bible teaches in 2 Chronicles. It says that Solomon decided to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord. At this point, Solomon has accepted the offering that his father gave, and he's decided in his heart to continue with the building of the temple. Verse 2 says this in this particular chapter. He enlisted a force of 70,000 laborers, 80,000 men to quarry stone in the hill country and 3,600 foremen. Verse 5, Solomon says this. He says, this must be a significant temple because our God is greater 
than all other gods. But who can really build him a worthy home? Not even the highest heavens can contain him. So who am I to consider building a temple for him except a place to burn sacrifices to him? So send me a master craftsman who can work with gold, silver, bronze, and iron, as well with purple and scarlet and blue cloth. He must be a skilled engraver who can work with the craftsmen of Judah and Jerusalem who were selected by my father, David. Starting January 2nd, 2020, we will begin to renovate this space in preparation for all that God is going to do here. We need to knock down walls. We need to build new walls. We need to paint. We need to clean. We need to furnish. And now the question becomes, which wall are you tearing down? Which wall are you going to build up? Which room are you going to clean? What area of this amazing space are you going to decorate? Which room are you going to paint? It's all hands on deck for the entire month of January. And whether you're a new guest or you've been with us all three years, I would love for you to join us and for you to sign up for some dates and shifts throughout January so we can prepare for our grand opening on February 2nd, 2020. Now, you've already prepared your offering. That's going to be a step of faith. That's going to be a sacrifice that I know that God is going to honor in your life. But I want to encourage you with this. You're not giving to a building. The building is the icing on the cake. The building is the fulfilled promise of God. This is one of the first building out of 20 in the next 20 years as we plant and we launch 20 Highlight Church locations throughout Maryland. But what I want to encourage you with is this. You're sowing into a church that's on its way to greater generosity, greater growth, and greater impact. Jesus said this in John 14. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. I like church. It's three years down. The foundation has been laid. And this is only the beginning of becoming a greater house.